what's going on guys and girls in today's episode of the running talk podcast me and coach ian talks all about how you pick yourself for competition the different programming principles and different programming methods you may want to try and how it may vary from lifter to lifter yeah so when it when it comes to peaking methods to comp obviously there's a few different ways but i think actually what what did you do when you first started off for peaking for competition because i think everyone you i don't know if everyone if this is one of those things where everyone does the same thing or if everyone does it slightly differently the first time i'll put it out to be truthfully honest when my when i first started lifting like i was under giles and there was never really like for me because i, I kind of I, I came in and I, I was quite keen to get into lifting it was he didn't really sort of go right we're going to peak for this that and the other you're just we're just mm. going to go to this competition and we're just going to do the competition and then we're going to use that as the next board and then go on and go on and go on so it wasn't really for me i didn't really start peaking properly or looking at to sort of get myself ready till i started lifting at the, the more competitive competitions for me which was when i when i sort of got into yeah. that master scene um by then <clears throat> i had took most of my influence off of mem on the way that i would build up and i've I've built up my own little way of doing things now which i personally think works for me yeah. um, to use me an example like i almost use like the ed cohen reverse engineer thing so it's like right at this competition i know that i need to hit this and this yeah so is that an achievable target so if we if we look at the the, the scottish open that i'm going to go for my in, in an ideal world I'm looking at, and I know these numbers are going to be quite close, but because you know what I'm going through right now, rebuilding my clean, I'm, I'm thinking 130, 140. Yeah. So which 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 would be a nice was that 280 total, which would be way more than I need for the Masters, like 50, 60 kilos more than I need for the Masters. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if the guys listen or know that I've just gone up into the the 40 to 45 year old bracket. It turns out for the Masters, so it's um they've took a good 20, 30 kilos off all my totals, which is quite nice. <laughs> it's a, the one advantage of getting older. But let's say I'm, I'm, I'm going for that. So what I would do is I would be reverse engineering back from the, the rough point where I would be competing and I would be looking to take incremental um, jumps towards those numbers getting closer and closer to the comp. So if I'm going to go 30, if I'm looking to, to finish on 30, 40, or let's say 30, 45, um, I would be each week trying to take down another number towards that number and slowly, slowly chip away at it um, and get used to lifting those numbers, not necessarily maxing out every single time, but working up to it. So if we take the snatch, for example, I would use the daily minimum and daily maximum, which is basically what I've started with today. Um, so I've said to myself, right, I have to hit 110. If I get anything up to 120 yeah. as a bonus, I tap out there. The rest of my lifts are built around pulls towards those targeted numbers. And then each week I'm subsequently taking, adding to the daily minimum. So the target yeah. can be over. I think I've got something like eight to nine weeks till this competition. I think till the, the window opens to a certain extent for a week, week and a half. I'll be looking to every two weeks to raise my daily minimum. So I'm slowly yeah. working away. So it'll be for argument's sake, like today it was up to 110 attempts at 120 missed. Um, I then went on to pulls at 30, 35, 40. Um, and normally uh, my shoulder's getting a bit of shit today, but like I stopped, but normally I would then drop down and do some powers, squats, move on. And like I said, yeah. I'd be just constantly moving those numbers. Now that system works for me. I've learned that I've, I've adapted well to that. I've tried other methods where I'm purely lifting in a percentage 
and yeah. staying percentage and doing pulls and stuff like that. But me personally, I, I don't think that gives you any confidence as a lifter. I yeah. think it's one of these things you, you got you, the whole point of a peaking stage is that you're slowly working towards something. You shouldn't be too far away from it when it comes yeah. to game day. Um, yeah. I think you need to be sharp. The problem with our sport is this, if you're not regularly pulling on these numbers, <clears throat> your, your brain goes, not today. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, it really does. You can, whilst you're going through phases of technical improvement, if we stick, if we pick a, a typical number of six weeks, I think six weeks outside of a competition, you should be looking to slowly increase your lifts and peak in, in the context of getting used to lifting the numbers that you need to do it. Not necessarily, and this is where I, I get quite a lot of shit because someone posted on his, um, Instagram of they are oh, all these lifters going heavy when I don't need to. I'm not going heavy. Mm. I'm, I'm trickling up to these 90% lifts, but they're not heavy lifts for me. Yeah. But it's like one of the things, if the more I can keep my foot in that door, the more likely when it comes to competition that I'm going to smoke it. But I yeah. found the further I stay away from it, the shitter I am. It's because I don't have that, from, from, even with pulls, I'm the, the, that, that sharpness is just not there. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people need to realise that you're going to have like one style of training or one like component, whether it's volume or intensity, you're going to stick to. If you don't deal, to he deal with heavy weights that well, and I mean, you're sensitive to the stimulus. So then you're going to get a lot from just doing like a heavy single every now and again but then volume is going to be your friend because you adapt well and respond well to it. If you don't respond well to volume, like I'm not going to, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suspect I would do a volume block for longer than four to six weeks or like 12 weeks out of a year. The rest of it's going to be fairly heavy because it's like, well, I don't respond well to it. I don't recover well from it. So heavy stuff's what I'm used to. But if you adapt well to heavy stuff, or let's say like we would, then you're not going to, that like stress isn't going to stay there very often because your body, like it just deals with it quite well. So then, if that's what you deal quite well with then it would reason that that's the stimulus my body reacts the best to so i'm going to need to do it frequently to stay in touch with it some people they could just microdose it like touch it like every couple of days or every week and it's fine but like you do have to have that there like i definitely attest to that like before this champs like having like my back go a little bit and then trying to then lift again like i've discussed with, like a few people it's like well what if you just try and touch on the minimum what would the minimum heavy weight be like scientifically and i'd be like well it's going to be between about 80 and 90 percent so i didn't go above that bracket and I did like quite a small amount of volume but then I was like well that's basically only doing 80 to 90 percent almost brought my maxes down so the maxes I can yeah. hit I hit wonderfully but 127 was about as much as I could hit on snatches 130 got high enough couldn't get underneath it because I just wasn't strong enough but then if I was to be doing what I was when I peaked quite well mm -hmm. before every time I've peaked quite well before everything's quite heavy everything's low volume everything's frequent so you're used to it and you're touching as heavy as you can while still being recovered I think that's the key it's like going as heavy as you need to while still recovering or if you're like, you respond well to volume, going, doing as much volume as you can while still being able to recover and slowly peel away the fatigue. And it's a balancing it. Like if you feel super fresh, but you go in on the day and you forgot how to fucking lift because you've not done enough, that's no use, is it? But if you go in on a day and you're like, yeah, I feel really well drilled. I feel like my movements are really good, but you're just tired. That's too much. So you need to try and figure out where that end point is. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's also, uh, this is uh, and, um, we, not from a perspective, because obviously what we do for a living, but that's where the relationship with you and your coach comes through even more because mm. the, you look, you look at like, how, how do it sound to you look at the lifters that jump left, right and center from one coach to another. And there's, there's, there's a mm. hand we could actually from our own country, we can actually throw at you and you, you, you don't really see them progressing and doing anything like that because they've not put a full system of, uh, of what that coach wants to do with you and try to fix and so on and mm. spend, 
eight to 10 to 12 weeks and then go through a peaking cycle and see like that. And then you see them after they've spent a quite legitimate amount of time with a certain coach, all of a sudden they're actually doing better. Yeah. And then what happens is you, you learn your athletes, you learn your lifters. It's like, I know that I've, I've, I'm very much a, a fan of the the pushing the heavy lifts because I, I think you get more from it, but I'm also a massive fan of volume. Yeah. It's having it at the right time and the right place. It's like, the good thing is with the British system to a certain extent is like, if they're on top of it, which yeah, they can be hit and miss sometimes. If you can see when all the competitions are and you've mm. got a lifter that's going to be, you, you've got a lifter that you want to push to a certain level, you can actually plan the entire fucking year very loosely. Yeah. And go that you need to hit this one because like a lot of my lifters, I don't know about yours when they come to you like, I want to make the British, right? How about we just do a London first? Yeah. Right, let's let's, let's yeah, let's maybe make done. maybe let's have a few competitions where you do five out of six of your lifts first and then we'll start. Like, the, 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 baby, the baby steps <laughs> like a, a three. I said to I said this to Farah. I'll pick on her because she probably won't actually listen to this, but <clears throat> she's like, I would just said, Well, hang on, right? Number one, you're in the 64s, you're in Sarah's division, you're in Zoe's division, like that's already yeah. two places in the, an eight-point system that you're not going to get into. But let's set ourselves achievable goals. Yeah. So we look at the Londons. Let's get you qualified. Let's get you to a, a, a LSC. Right. She went to Bethnal Green. She came second, I think it was. Qualified for the LSC champs. Great. Mm. That's awesome. Went to the LSC champs, took a took a uh, second place. Outstanding. Great. The next step would have been the English. But that's when all this stupid shit happened and other bits and pieces like that. So, again, yeah. it's just the, the the longevity of you longer working, working with someone longer, you learn what works for them. And then it's picking the right point to go, right, we're going to, you're going to compete four times this year. Within those time periods, it's this, this and this. Yeah, you're going to have a fun sort of two or three blocks across all that year where you're going to be pushing quite hard to minimals and maximals like I like to do with people. But all the shit that happens before it, I'm going to grind you into the earth. Yeah. <laughs> you are going to do all the shit stuff. You are going to do all the stuff that's crap. We're going to work on your weaknesses. We're going to work on your strengths. We're going to make you bulletproof. So when it comes to peaking, you can actually peak. Yeah. You can put into practice everything we've been doing. Whereas I've, I've seen it before with, with certain lifters and they obsess about just being straight Bulgarian all the time. It's like, you, yeah. you can't, it doesn't work. It's, it doesn't work like that. I like, I like to say that I use a Bulgarian-ish system for stuff, but the rest of the time, even with my own training, I have to sort of go, I need to do some volume here. Yeah. This is going to kill me. Like the best thing that I ever did to a certain extent was um, after doing the, the, the max, the, 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 the max everyday uh, squat program. I went on that tangent for about, what was it? Six to eight weeks where I was oh, trying to- Oh, we did 10s. Tens. tens and like box Mate. squats or something, wasn't it? Yeah. No, no, it was, it was me trying to max. It got screwed up because of the fucking- lockdown again but i was my objective at christmas was to do 200 for 10 oh i remember yeah i do remember but i'm telling you now those me spending that six to eight weeks really pushing the tens was a game changer for me and and, and it hurts me to say that because you know how much i fucking hated every moment yeah. but i understand i've got to put that work in every now and again and, yeah, it, it, and the volume thing like it's there's lots of different ways to look at it my way of looking at it would be like um to plug another podcast jake chura from jack taffy discussed um something joel smith is like a jumps coach and he said that like whenever he used to do super fucking heavy squats like this is a guy who's built like liam dunn like a triple jumper he said that if he did something simple so test your body's like fight or flight state of being do a toe touch and he's like oh i could get palms to the floor i'd do a heavy double on a back squat literally could barely fucking touch my knees and he's like but if i did tens i would actually open up 
So he's yeah. like, so this weight is is challenging for a set of ten, but it's not sending my body into this fucking stress, like fight or flight mode. So that means that I'm going to recover better from it. I think people need to remember that, like, we're doing what, like, whatever the opposite stimulus is, is going to be the tonic to whatever you're focusing on. So if you're doing loads of heavy stuff and loads of singles, no variation. Variation and volume is going to be the tonic. And then if you're doing loads of volume and loads of variation on, like, whatever it is you're doing, and then, like, that's starting to get stale and you're feeling like you're moving slow, you're just, you're like surviving, you're just gutting through the volume. Okay, well now it's time to go back to the heavy, more explosive, less fatiguing stuff. And you can either do the conjugate style, which would be like more, probably more like me or Ash would do, where it's like, you're going to have those things in your program all the time. It's just, you're basically going to dial one up while the other one dials down. Or you could do the classic phase where you go, okay, so I know I've done a 10 week block of volume. That is going to last in my body for about eight weeks after i finished it so i know i've got eight weeks to proper smash a training cycle and then after that i could then go back into doing whatever but hey, you're, you're bang on just remembering like, it yeah you're bang on with that and you, you, again, it's like by you saying that it's like again it's like the shit that i've had through a couple of people calling me out on me going heavy all the time it's like what they've not seen is that block of squatting i did through lockdown one which then mm. set me up for my 120 snatch at BD and then suddenly my 125. And then the back end of last year where yeah. I was, we were stuck again and I, I was going into the tens and other bits and pieces. Unfortunately, where I was in the, the gym, I utilized for, as you mentioned a second, I spoke to Ash and he suggested throwing in loads of different little bodybuilding activities. Like I would normally turn my nose up at. Yeah. But the, those extra, those extra bits I did at the end of the session, I then PP'd my back squat out of nowhere at two thirty which is mm. uh, for someone of my 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 limited skill is that's not a fucking lightweight regardless of body weight 230 is a fucking big boy weight um yeah, yeah it is i i hit that and then all of a sudden now like sort of five to six seven weeks later as all the, the other bits happen, i'm starting to see the results of that, that effort and the result comes from the volume blocks like as you you're you're a fan of him as well as what well, I think to a certain extent he's like it's Travis Mash says master the mundane that mundane yeah. shit done I, I push myself and I keep saying to my guys it's not the it's not the lifts that's going to get you the weight when you get when you get to a certain point it's the it's the grafting bulletproof in your body and making sure everything else is there that's going to put you in a position to lift the weight yeah if you do not do a you're not going to get to b yeah. It's as, it as simple as that. It is as basic as that. If you don't do the, the, the correct back work, posterior chain, this, that, the other, doing the grunt, mundane, boring crap that we try to make as exciting as possible. But at the end of the day, you suck an egg like you suck an egg. It's like, there's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, you can't put, you can't put bells <laughs> yeah. in this. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like you need That's to work. On it. It. You know what I mean? It's like, you, 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 you need to do some more work on your quads. Right, okay, yeah. cool. What are we going to do? Well, you're at a normal gym, right? We can get you on a leg extension. You're not a normal gym. You're going to do cyclist squats, searches, lunges, so on. So on. It's still the same fucking move. Yeah. There's a few different ways to do it, but fundamentally, it's still going to suck. So you so go I through. It, I suppose it's getting people to understand that whole thing as well. It's like they're doing this volume. Like, oh, why can't I just get lift heavy? I don't see what the volume oh. is doing. It's like, well, okay. So it's like, okay, if I give you a competition bar and go, okay, go in there and do every single day, max out your fucking hang snatch, three rep max, no hook grip. I think my hands are going to be fucked. It's like, well, yeah, because you because you don't have calluses yet. It's like, you've got to callus your body. So, okay, maybe let's learn hook grip today. You're sore tomorrow. Maybe that's not limping enough, so maybe you use straps. Yeah. Now, on the Friday, okay, let's go hook grip again. And then you slowly start to put up those calluses, that tolerance. It's the same thing. Like, if your back is not very strong and your quads aren't very strong, then you're going to go into heavy training. And because you've not calloused and, like, built your body's tolerance, then everything's going to fall apart because it's going to rip open. But if you've done, like we're saying, cyclist squats, like you've done a block, let's say you do, like, 
something extreme. So like all of your accessory work, like your main stuff, you do four mm. sets of 30 on all of it. And you go like cycle squat, leg extension, band hamstring curl, um, remaining deadlift, seated good morning, back extensions. And then um, what would another one good be for good? So like, like hip thrusts, yeah. for example. And then you also do bent over rows with dumbbells and then you do pull-ups and you everything is adjusted, but it's all four sets of 25. By the time you come out of that and you start going heavy on that stuff, you're going to have so much work capacity. Your body's going to be so resilient to that movement pattern. Now you can add load. Whereas if you've never added load to like a bench press before, why would you go for one rep max? Maybe do some fives and learn how to do the movement for a few weeks, then test it. But yeah. even like even more advanced experience people do this. Like I know Ash is obviously an example you use a lot, but when he does like his different deadlift variations, he'll choose a deadlift variation, he'll test it. And he's like, oh, that's a bit like spicy. I'm not great at that. So now I'm going to do a block of doing that and making it better. I'll add bands. I'll add bands to it. I'll add tension. I'll do the triples, doubles. I'll do fives. And then he'll test it in six to eight weeks. He's built tolerance to it. And now he knows how to do it properly. His body is ready for it. And yeah. then you go and test. And it's the same thing. You just have to look at it on a general scale. Like actually prepare your joints, your muscles and your movement patterns to be able to handle, handle it when you go into heavier, into heavier stuff. Oh, hundred percent, mate. And it's, um, I was on, an, I was on another podcast and um, Jordan, um had answered uh, posted a question saying is there any, is there any reason why you couldn't just go in and just max your snatch and clean and jerk every day mm. and, I, and i i said to him like that would be the dream but you're not a genetic one percenter so it's not going to work yeah it's like that was the end goal from what i've heard on other podcasts about abajay of that eventually you just wanted to sack everything off and you're just going to do snatch and clean and jerk yeah but he was doing that and i, I was talking to um i don't know if you've met him yet he's he's I can't remember what his name is, but he's, he's a guy on um, TikTok and he's one of the, uh, one of Connor and Alex's lifters, this uh, American judo guy. I said to him, he's like, oh, a captain something. He's, he's, um, he's, he's, he's cool dude, got a bit of a mullet. He's doing, he put some really good content up for uh, MMA judo players and jujitsu guys. He's, he, I think he actually mm. plays judo for America at quite a high level. So um, I was saying to him, it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, we use a, or I use a Bulgarian-ish style or philosophy to a certain extent. Yeah. Peak, but I understand that you can't do it all the time. And, and, and that's yeah. where a lot of uh, beginner lifters get lost in the, the myth, the magic, and the, uh, the, 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 the romance of the, the constant peaking and what people don't realise. And like, we're, we're, obviously we're in a very lucky scenario that we get to, we have the ear of an ex-international Bulgarian lifter. These guys at young level trained like lunatics, like they did volume, they did this, they did other stuff, they did jumping. It was only when they became the top two, three percent lifters in their country, they were then put into that system. So again, it's um, from a peaking perspective. They, there's, a, I can imagine if we were actually sit down and go through all the scientific books, there's a there's a, a huge amount of different ways to do it. A number of people are going to respond in. <laughs> very different ways and you're going to get i think giles was an example where he didn't even re he hit his max lifts on a competition platform he never hit yeah. any heavier outside of it you're going to get some lifters like that you're going to get some lifters let's say like to pick on them to a certain extent like the bulgarians or like Ilya cloakoff not so much cloak i say Ilya to a certain extent because Ilya used waves and bulgarian style training uh for, mm. for what we've seen from what he's posted um a lot of these guys would be lifting more in training than they would need to in competition. <clears throat> and the, the biggest elephant in the room right now to look at is Lasher. Like he's moving the weights he lifts in competition so fucking easily. He's either 20 kilos ahead or he's one of the most efficient lifters has ever walked on the planet. Mm. And he's, he's lifting to, to his absolute max and making it look 
absolutely fucking effortless. So again, but the common denominator for all of these guys is they've gone through volume stages, then into the preferred pinching pattern for them, which at the top level, the top level has been something that them and their coach. And a lot of these guys, you'll see the continuation relationship between them and their coach. Um, and it's not the lifter dictating to the to the to the coach. It's the coach dictating to the lifter. If you look at, I can never pronounce his name. If you look at Lash's coach, that dude is in charge. <laughs> um, Georgia Asanidzi. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. And then I think with George, with, sorry, not Georgia, Georgie Asanidzi. Like he's he snatched. Is that I don't one? want to get sorry, on, I feel like I feel like he snatched one eighty, being in one of the eighty kilo classes. Like he was good. He was very good. All right, with him, I think it's a case of you know what Lash is. He knows what Lash is like. He knows what it took for him to be as good as he did, as good as he was. Yeah, um, their genetics, the way they respond to training is probably going to be very similar. But I know that, like, let's say looking at something else where it's like, um, because that's more of like a not dic- dic- a dictation process, but it's more of I know where you're going. Don't worry, bud. Like, I've developed lifts like this before. I've been to that level. I know exactly what you fucking need. We're going for world records. The people have gone for, for gone for before, but we now have to do this. So don't worry about it. Obviously, I imagine there's some conversations that go on, like. Do your wrist all right? Do you need to skip snatches today? Do you need to like go lighter on this? Do we need to get you some therapy? But and in contrast, like I think um I quite enjoy like the stuff that Willpower have been putting out on like their YouTube and their Instagram. And one of the things that I'm um, Justin put up was the whole thing about di- going into uncharted territory with the lifter. And you're saying that, like, you know, it's not like you can say to you, don't don't fucking worry about this, mate. I've got this. Don't you worry. You sit there, you wait for your program. We're gonna get you to, we're gonna get we're gonna get you to 50, we're gonna get you to 6200 two years. I know exactly how long it'll be because he's like, you're in year five as a lifter being a 102, having bulked up, now hitting, I think Jordan's what around like, I imagine now he's around the 50, 90, 90 mark. Yeah. Guessing because he's not, he doesn't post that much um, of his super, super heavy lifts, but he always posts like variations like a jerk triple or like a poor snatch, much like Chris yeah. Freeby would. But he's like, you know, I'm in year five as a coach and year five with Jordan. So it's like, I can't tell him, see, this is going to make you better. So you have to collaborate more and be like, what? You oh, 100%. Want. It's, it's a so two-way thing. So you can find it out. Yeah, because eventually you'll probably be to a point where like, obviously the, the, there's personality differences into it, but what a lifter feels about training, how they react to it, you can probably almost predict it once you get to the point where you produce five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten proper high-level lifters. Because you're like, oh, well, when... So he'll think when he gets another lifter, let's say two, three years' time, if he chooses to, I don't know if he will after Jordan, he'll be like, oh, well... Jordan felt this. I know when he felt like this and he felt quite run down or weak in this around this time, that was around year four. What we did to fix that was this. We did X amount of volume on these exercises because we need to look at these weaknesses. So I need to look for the same thing in this guy. Mm-hmm. And then instead of having a conversation, oh, we need to figure out what you feel, what do you think you need? You can be like, okay, mate, right. I reckon you need this. We're going to try this for four weeks and we'll see how it goes. Um, it takes more of the decision-making away because it's, oh, yeah. it's a four, it becomes like less of a like, less of like, a, I need to find out how to do this and experiment and more of like, okay, so I know roughly what ingredients I need to make this dish. And then it's like, all right, I've got a formula. I know exactly what I need. Get me this, this, and this. It's going to take 20 minutes of this. It's going to take half an hour of this. It's going to take two years of this to be able to make this. And you know, but it, it no, takes time, especially with. when you're developing natural lifters. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's like you you can actually see that relationship building up with you and Mehmed, where you, you, do, you do bounce off each other and you give each other the feedback that you need. And it's... Um, mm. That's that's what's gonna when you look at guys at your level at Jordan's level as well with willpower guys and stuff like that. It is a, it, as much as it's a, it's an individual sport. It's also a, a collective effort, um, and it's, it's it's very much the way it should be because you as a lifter when you're on that platform, your job is only to think about what you need to do there. You don't need to worry about everything else, and, and yeah. it's very much the same of in training. It's as coaches we're there trying to 
make the experience and journey a little bit easier for you and take the pressure off. I mm. don't think about this. Uh, this is what we need you to think about and push them in a certain direction because I, I know that I've dealt with 10 lifters like you and this is perfectly normal. It's like yeah. one, one of the new girls I've took on is, um, I want to be doing this. I said, oh, you, that's, I'm not worried about 70. You'll get 90. You do these things right. You do X, Y, Z, right? You change these little bits and pieces you won't be worrying about 70 you'll be worrying about 90 very very quickly so it's that that comes with experience and knowledge and being able to notice things and go from there but from that whole peaking to training to volume thing as coaches and as athletes it's when it gets to that sort of intermediate advanced elite level it's mm. I've, I've seen it with you and Leslie I've, I've seen it with you some of the some of the other guys and you and Alan and things like that it's it's a conglomerate of, of feedback and it's it's the moment like and i've witnessed it when feedback stops and you instantly see the reaction in the athlete and the athlete not progressing because mm. that communication is dead it's like yeah if you haven't got the freedom of that and i've i've, I've I lifted you and me both know quite well who I, I won't mention she's um she's having a similar experience right now where she's getting absolutely fuck all feedback and I'm just kind of like, well, look, it's like you're you're worrying about these things, but you feel like you're not doing this. You should be talking to your coach about this. If you don't like to train yeah. this way, and you're training this way, and you're trying to you're trying to peak for a competition, no fucking wonder why you're lifting like shit because you're not enjoying it. So yeah. it's like it's, it's one of these things. It's like I say to my guys, it's like well, I'm going to push this. I'm very technical in what I like to do with my guys, and it's almost a little bit too much. Where I push it, push it, push it to the point. All of a sudden, they have a eureka moment. Then we start to move on and progress. But I say to them, just trust the process, and you're going to see it. And and they do. But fundamentally, with the with the peaking thing, again, there's a hundred different ways to skin a cat. Do you know what I mean? Like that. Like it's you. I think as you get further into the sport, you, you may start peaking one way and then you you end up yeah. at the different. Like for me, it was oh, like, yeah. I, I never bothered peaking. I just kept training through and it, it got me so far. Then I'd stopped performing and then I had to look at it. And that's when I met Mehmed and I, I learned more. Yeah. I learned more as a coach. I read more. I looked into scientific manuals and bits and pieces about how the body reacts and this, that and the other and appropriate rest to, do you know what I mean? And there's, there's some of us that can, like like for me i can probably push quite maximally hard up until like a day day two days out and still hit the same numbers if not go past them but yeah. if you stop if you stop me from lifting like too soon i'm a shower ship i i've tried it. i remember talking about um uh i don't know if you remember one of friends phil from like up north like in bedford and he was saying that like because like, he loves like scientific papers and stuff i think he's actually the first person i spoke to about like cbd and stuff so obviously like shout out to phil skinner um it was a very much a case of he was like, oh, I found like a few papers where they're basically suggesting if you have four days of, of like more or less complete rest, then it actually will upregulate your testosterone and your body's readiness. And I was like, mate, I honestly don't think that psychologically that yeah. would work. I think that, um, and I said like, who would who were the who were the um the the papers like participants? And he was like, oh, like fairly intermediate people, and they weren't in strength sports. From what I remember, I was like, I'd be interested to see what happens to the athletes because it's like there's that whole thing of um. So, you know, I'm like training residuals. Like I think JT Performance um, on Instagram posts a lot with a little table being like, how long does a meaningful aerobic speed, strength, power and um, cardiovascular stimulus last? Maximal strength. If you do like a maximum back squat, there's the idea that the stimulus is going to last, give or take five days, about a month. That's like, or 20, 30 days. It's going to last you about 30 days before like your body starts to basically be like, oh, we don't need to be ready for that. We don't need to worry about that anymore. Um, speed and coordination is, is seven days. 
but the thing is it's like this is with a two this is with like a three to five day buffer so if you're a beginner and you can't produce a meaningful amount of speed power and for uh, speed and power like you can't produce much force and you're not that coordinated when you're doing a snatch and clean and jerk your body's not remembering that as a very meaningful experience so then the residual effect isn't very high so if you're like a beginner taking the, the last week of an Olympic lifting competition off before you go onto the platform will go down like a shower of shit. Like I can promise you almost 99% of the time because you just won't be practiced enough. But if you're like the Chinese team, your technique's been drilled in and like literally when you when you fall asleep and close your eyes, you see Lu Zhaozhan's coach there shouting at you to finish your pull and keep it close. And like, you're obviously not going to have the same issues. Like I, mean, I know for a fact, I think they actually use heavy pulls, heavy squats, heavy presses and stuff and accessory work to keep them in shape and keep them feeling good so that then their Olympic lifting volume can come right down so that then the residual effect of the Olympic lifts is there, but like they feel strong and their body is inundated that super heavy weight because the Olympic lifting volumes come down because they don't need to practice it. They've practiced it enough already, but the strength stuff stays there to keep them in shape. Like the, I think people don't realize as well, like the long, the more you train, the more volume you do, the stronger you get, the more conditioned you get, the faster you recover, but the faster you recover, the faster you get out of shape. Because if it takes you like two weeks to recover from like your first ever deadlift workout, two weeks afterwards is the first time you become trainable at a higher state. Yeah. And then it's going to be the two, it could be a month afterwards before you then lose that training effect. But if you recover within two to three days from a, from a stimulus of lifting, two to three days later, you're now ready to have another go and maybe do a bit better. But two to three days or a week after that, you start to detrain. So you have to remember that when you're peaking, the better you get, the more you have to do and the less time off you can afford to take to stay in peak shape. Yeah, and that, yeah you, you've nailed it on that, mate. It's, 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 it is a massively interesting one when you look at it from that perspective as well. Like, I even heard rumours, I can't remember whose podcast it was, that some international lifters were actually going down into the, the training hall and squatting on the day of them competing and, and, and actually hitting quite a heavy squat before lifting that afternoon because it was the norm for them to squat in the normal in the mornings. So why would you change the, the dynamic of what you were doing um, outside of a, a competition? Like, we squat every morning. Okay, well, mm. I'm going to go down and I'm going to hit like a 90% squat or an 80% squat and then tap out. And it's almost like they're prepping for the competition later that day. Um, I'd assume if it was an earlier start, they would have probably squatted in the night and then gone through there. But yeah, exactly. It's it's one of these things. It's just um, it's a dark art because, like, like like we were saying before as well, you could do absolute perfect peaking fucking phase and fuck it all up on the day. It's just like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's 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 one of these things. I think it's it's something that's sort of very much written in sand and something that's completely adaptable and, and changeable at every given opportunity. And there's also, there's always curveballs that are thrown in as well. Like let's put it out there. Like your back started to give you shit coming into this. So that changes your entire perspective on how to peak. And especially for guys at the top end for you, where you are, when you're throwing around the weights that you throw around at the body weight that you're at, you're, you're, you're fucking around with stuff that will, seriously fucking hurt you if you're not ready for it mm. so and it's the one thing that i'm starting to notice now where i'm, I'm getting my, my snatch is getting where it should be and where it needs to be mm. my i'm having to look at like right my shoulder health things like that like i'm a little bit more battered catching certain weights more frequently than i would be necessarily catching 80 percent or something like that so there's always going to be a curveball thrown in like a knock a bump a niggle um it's just the nature of it as well and how that affects your peak and do you need to take time off to recover? It's, it's, do you know what I mean? So it's so, so wishy-washy at times as well. It's all, and it, again, you could have the worst peaking foot stage and you fucking PB like a crazy bastard. Well, I think, um, do you remember the Commonwealth Games? I think it was it Zoe Smith couldn't train for like, I think, I can't remember what it was. They posted about it. She was like four or five weeks of basically just couldn't, couldn't. Oh, was that, was that in, 
In India? I think it, it might have been. It was either that or like before like a year as a world and her back was proper fucked. So like she was basically just trying to get to a point where she could move around pain free again. She got a silver medal. I don't think she obviously PD'd anything, but she got a silver medal because you could put it out. But then you think, okay, well, your experience of training over the years is so high that your body's not going to forget what to do. Exactly. Um, there's also another international lifter who was it Dragomir who lifted and for Rome is it Romania but then was yeah oh he, then went to Cal Strength are you thinking no, about Dragomir no he went to OTC he didn't go to Cal Strength I don't think he um if it's the right lifter the, the story goes that he was in prep for the Olympics and he <laughs> it's so cold where where in fucking Eastern Europe he's from he fell asleep outside on a sun lounger in a pair of shorts doing some cold weather recovery. Oh, and fuck. I'm, yeah, I, I remember got, this. Um, got f- frostbite on his thumb and almost lost his thumb. But yeah. during the lead up to the Olympics, he couldn't lift. So supposedly he managed to keep training with a safety squat bar. Yeah. And doing different variations of stuff where he could eliminate the use of his arm just to keep yeah. his leg strength up. And supposedly he visualized lifting. Yeah. When he was in hospital, he, he did yeah. mental visualization. There's another. And he went and got like a he should have he should have got a gold if he was in normal shape, but he still he managed still to medaled, yeah. He medal with a bronze with like I think it was something like six weeks worth of training at the end of it. But again, it's it you can do stuff like that and it that does work as well. I think there's a mm. it's worth a podcast or us talking to a couple of people about mindset and being able to put yourself into a positive thought process and other bits and pieces. But there's, there's a lot, there's a lot on it, man. Even down to um I remember uh, one of like the road lifters, Mikhail. Um, I think I know that you like quite enjoy watching him lift, especially when he comes down. But I think he posted something where like it's um, a few psychologists. I don't even know. It wouldn't be psychologists. I'm not sure what the middle ground would be between like psychologists and endocrinologists and stuff. But they're saying that like based on what you believe, like your your endocrinal system, your hormones, like your body's response to things will react to it. So if you believe that like um, it's like apparently quite well documented, if you believe that you're quite sickly, you're going to get quite ill and you're quite prone to illnesses you will get you will get them more easily because your body believes it if you believe that you're going to recover quite quickly from things and you can push through things a lot of the time you will because you can make your body yeah. believe it like um i don't know if you've had it but like i think i know some people probably have this if you've got like um you know like an african-american mum or a caribbean mum it's a case of when they get sick when they have when they have kids like when you're younger like they'll say like i don't have time to be sick because i've got to take care of the house yeah. i'll take care of you and i don't have time to be sick and like they'll have flu um they'll just not miss a stride where yeah. someone's always thinking, oh, I hate having flu, like I feel so sick and they get down in the dump. Sometimes that mindset of feeling like, oh, I'm sick, oh, I'm ill, oh, I'm broken, makes so you don't heal as quickly. Like I know that when I've had damage to my knees, the first thing my physio, um, Nick at Bedford, like he was friends with, he was really good with me, said was like, right, well, what do you need to do? I was like, well, realistically, rugby's over for the season, but I need to be able to lift. He's like, right, so does it hurt when you snatch? Not really. Does it hurt when you clean? Only if I jump. Can you not jump? Yeah, I can do that. Do you, yeah. when you do jerks, do you have to split your feet? I cannot do that. And does it hurt if you don't split your feet? No. He's like, right, well, as far as we're concerned, you don't move your snatch, you snatch your clean and jerk. And that was it. And he was like, yeah. so basically here's the exercise you can do. You're looking for these markers. He was like, you're just looking to drive, pain. that's the word he used, drive the pain down and drive stability up in this knee on these exercises. Because I thought I'm, I'm training, I'm doing this. My yeah. knee got better so quick. But when like I got told, oh, it's really bad, you've got to be really careful. I've said that to people before. It's like when they go, Oh, I'm injured. What's wrong with you? Oh, I've done this. We can train around it. I've hurt mm. my wrist. Well, you can still squat. I can't I can't ca- I can't catch the bar. Does it hurt when you pull? Not in the slightest. Well, we're gonna go on a pulls program now. So it, yeah. it, and, and, and nine times out of ten when when, when I've uh, I think obviously we've come we've come from the same world to a certain extent where it's like, are you hurt or are you injured? But it's yeah. um, when you are hurt, 
you can do stuff around it. It's, but if when you are injured, that is a different kettle of fish. And you must, and I'm, I'm walking proof to perhaps listening a little bit better about when I was quite seriously injured and I should have stopped. But um, with weightlifting, like you can't fuck about with that because you can do some serious damage. But on, on the plus side is like, you can work around things. You can improve massive areas in your in, in your ability to do stuff. It's like, as long as your legs keep moving and it's like nine times out of 10 injuries that we get are like elbows, shoulders, knees. Yeah. Like to a certain extent you can, and obviously backs the big one, but like you can, you can work yeah. around things from a positive perspective and put a positive swing or mindset on stuff and to work on and push through towards. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it, it is an interesting one. I think that's the, the mindset, something that I've been, slowly working on and uh, like the, the whole sort of like attempting stuff when you when you know you should be able to do it yeah it's like talking how many times like up until i think apart from last week when i i put 130 on for the first time and tried to snatch it right i did i did my stereotypical sort of like panda pull with a little bit of a pull under i was like oh yeah. fuck. it's like that i jumped from 20 to 30 and i was like oh god that felt fucking heavy look back at the video and oh it fucking flew up yeah Second attempt, I got a little bit closer going underneath. Third attempt, I got underneath it, and it was it was I just yeah. didn't put it properly. But it's that that positive mindset of going, oh right, I've got this. Yeah. I'm pulling this more more than whereas before in the past I would have gone, oh fuck it, like I'm done. Like I'm yeah. like, ah oh, right, hang on, let's let's don't look at the negative of what just happened. Let's look at the positive. The bar height's there, the speed is there. What is letting you down is that you're being a pussy, to, to quote Mehmed. <laughs> Basically, stop being a pussy, go underneath it. And um, But understanding those things and looking at the positive, not the negative, is also a massive thing within <laughs> within it all. If you're trying to peak and shit's going wrong, don't look at it like that. Like Try and look at right what's going right. What can I continue to push on if this isn't fucking working right now? And having that freedom and sort of understanding and talk to your coach about it and go, look, I feel like shit. I don't know if this is working. Right, let's back mm. off a little bit. Let's change this up a little. Do you know what I mean? Let's not potentially use the the, the, uh, the minimum and the maximums like I do. Let's perhaps you just need to stick at ninety percent, hit one, and then leave it for the session. So it's like yeah. you don't might you might not need to push any further than that. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's learning like what you need to think as well. Like, I mean, is it a case of whenever you go to like a certain weight and you get told you've got to max out that pressure on you is like oh I don't know if I'm going to get it now. But if it's a case, okay, so if you just went. Okay, so I've done this in sessions before, which is why I load the bar where it's like, right, so I've done a triple, right, I need to go a bit heavier, but I still want it to feel pretty good. So, okay, I'll go five kilos more. Oh, that felt good, I'll go seven. That's good, yeah. that's decent, I'll go three. And I end up with like a weirdly loaded bar because I'm being like, I just want to put three more on. So I just look and like slide off the end of the bar. And then because of that, you end up just focusing on, okay, so how do I, I'm just trying to do this as well as I can. I try and tell people that it's like, especially for like really target and like quality like quality driven driven people especially like a lot of the girls we have where they're like oh like that lift was shit or that lift was crap it's like yeah but you made it so that's a good lift and sometimes I go oh, I missed this and when you look at it it's like the thing that's annoying you most about it is you did it badly and that's why you missed it you're not annoyed because you didn't do it well you're yeah. annoyed because you did it you, you you fucked it and that's why you didn't make it yeah it's like if you do it all properly one you won't hurt yourself because you'll miss properly and two, you'll not be annoyed because you're like, that was just too heavy today. Like if you did, if your PB clean and jerk is like one of the girls was 95, you went 97, got it. So then you went 99, uh, you pull it nicely, but it crashes a little bit and you can't stand up because your legs aren't that strong. Well, you did what you could. But if you pull it and you clark it or you don't need to get under it because you swang it out in front, then you're going to be annoyed. So it's yeah. just like being like, do you need to be process driven or do you need to have that weight on the bar? It's like, oh, well, don't know if I'm going to get it, but that's part of the fun. Like Ed Cohen said once, I think like um, he went to squat a weight and then I think like he doesn't get it and it starts to roll forward. So he has to do this weird thing where he kind of like, 
basically like kind of did this weird like 360 turn out from underneath it but yeah. someone said like does that not worry you about the next attempt so like mate some people pay like good money for a thrill like that like i like this yeah. like, i love this and just yeah, went back and did it but it's like scoring what over a thousand pounds it's like that's <laughs> that's life or death shit straight away well but yeah, yeah exactly and that is part of the fun not necessarily know whether you're going to get it or not like there are some days when you're going to look at when be like i'll fucking smash that and some days are you going to be like well mate, I, have have, I, have, I have to have a look it's, it's the weirdest thing like i don't know like if we were to sit there and ask everyone about their their best lifts and certain either breakdowns of the lifts or stuff like that, but like let's say like for my my the the 125 I got on the weekend off the blocks, like my best block snatch coming out of or going into lockdown was 111 because I, yeah. I just you know, I, I never really just attacked it. The the 125 I didn't even feel it. It just mm. fucking flew. And it's, it's one of those weird things. It's like when you when you nail that position, you do everything correctly and you do everything you've been training for and you put like countless, like just faith in your positioning. Because that's what it comes down to. If you look at it from a, like I do, I use the VBT and stuff like that. I know the bar is going to go to there every fucking single yeah. time. And the only thing that's going to stop me from going underneath that bar is me. It's like, I'm going to talk myself out of this. I'm going to Clark it. I do I do pulls with 30, I do pulls with 35, I've looked at the everything like that. And then you add that element of the unknown into it, and yeah. that levels you and that, that element of like you're pulling on something you may have not necessarily lifted before, like it really like takes the, the, the mice away from the men and, and, and so on for whatever the female version of that saying would be. Like you you level up and you realize, oh fuck, that's what like that 25 from the block is eventually once when I have the right day in the right session, when I go from 30 from the floor again, I know I'm going to smoke it because I yeah. know I've got extra speed from the floor to the knee and then the knee to the hip, whereas I didn't have before. So again, it's just one of these things. It's sticking to the plan, sticking, like trusting yourself. It's a fucking a huge thing for, for this lifting because we all move how we move. As long as you do the lift, how you always do it, the bar's always going to go to the same spot. It's yeah. the one thing I've learned now more than anything like that. My technique in the snatch is not going to change anymore. Mehmed has got it to the best it's ever going to fucking be. It's only going to get worse now as I get older. And I eventually have to start split split snatching because my hips have eventually given up on me. But I, I know that if I do, if I hit the position right, I hold my pull, the bar's going to point B. Yeah. And all I've got to do is put myself underneath it. That's it's 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 not arguable. So once you can get that mindset into some lifters head uh, when they're trying to peak and they're trying to attack weights that they've never done before, like it just makes shit more simple and you don't start overthinking it. Yeah. Like, and I, that's, and if you look at the misses I had at 30, I think I had something like five attempts at 30 from different heights last week. Mm. That's the only thing that was letting me down. Like the bar was going to it, but I wasn't committing. I was yeah. being like, like Mehmed nailed it. He said, you're a pussy. I wasn't fully committing to the catch. And, but, you, and you think you almost need that a lot. So with snatches, like with cleans, it's a case of it, to fucking sit under it and hopefully it'll stay on your shoulders. The snatches are almost like when you kind of peek under it a little bit just to see where it's at, yeah, to feel it. And then you're like, or like some people will be like, I'll, I'll see if I can like, I know I used to, I think the first time I snatched, it must have been 30. I kept on pulling it out in front. So yeah. I think one day, I think I was trying it. And I just went, try and just try and fucking pull it over your head a few times. And I think I ended up missing it twice over my head. And then went, right, so just keep pulling it, but then press up into it. And then I got it. But it was like, I needed to be like, no, you can actually get it more or less there. Because sometimes you get that weight and you're like, I'm not even fucking close to that. The cool thing is that you've 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 seen my little journey with 120. And it's it's very funny how the experience I'm having with 120, I'm having it again with 130. 
Yeah. Like the, num- the numbers yeah. in between have not even fucking mattered to me. Like I've done 20, I did what I did 23 from the floor, 25 from the floor. I've done 25 from the low block now. So sort of like they say about an inch, no, about three inches below my kneecaps, which mm. is a really fucking awkward height to pull from, by the way. It's fucking strange. Yeah. It's like the knees are still quite in the way, but they're not. And it's like, but, Oh, like where it's like, it's like on top of your shin bone, but it's not quite past your knee. Yeah, it's like like the best way I can describe it is I've, I've, I've flipped over using some SPD sleeves. Now it's just like literally at the line of the sleeve. So like I don't know why, but I really, that's like my favorite block height. I'm not sure why, but I really enjoy horrible. that. It's, it's really horrid. Um, but the relationship that I started to build and, and I started to, you were there, I think at the time at lower when I first ever tried that 120, you, me and Dave, and I, I, I got one and I lost it behind and I, then I lost another one behind that was like a little bit dodgy on the elbow and I tapped out and then I had yeah. a few more attempts like that. And then it almost took me to keep fucking going. Like I knew when I did that, that eventually one of these were going to stick. And, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I say this to people as well. And I, I know it's probably a little bit off on peaking and stuff like that, but I very much I like the best analogy I give to people about this and like attempting lifts and stuff like that, especially when you're going into the unknown is that once you've done something once or twice, it's like muscle memory. You're downloading the cheat code. Mm. Eventually what happens is the reason why we can continually lift the weights that we're lifting is that we understand exactly right. How much pressure we're pushing through the floor, how much leg drive we're using, how much hip extension, blah, blah, blah. In our head, we do that decision in that a, a split of a second and you download that cheat code. And that's the reason why you can go back to these weights and nine times out of 10, once you've hit, I say a lift 10 to 15 times, you stop thinking about it. Mm. As a weightlifter, you react. And that's the, that's the difference when it comes to heavier weights. People stop that process and they don't they, they don't attack it because there's that element of, oh, fuck, this could hurt. <laughs> this could yeah. go fucking really wrong. Instead of having just absolute balls out faith that you're going to absolutely smoke it. And the times I've gone to the bar with that level of confidence, I've destroyed the thing. I went mm. to the bar with those 130s with not the same level of confidence because I'd never tried to pull 130. And I, the first time I tried to do it, I did it from a low block. Whereas before, like when I hit that 23 the first time, we went 25 and I fucking, I clocked. No, I, I went underneath it, but it was so far in front of me. It was silly. It was, it was fucking laughable that attempt. So I've done that now with 30. So I know, I think I missed 126, seven or eight times before I got it. So I know mm. now I've, I've got five in the bank four in the bank so far attempts at it. I know it's only a matter of time before one of them, I, I managed to download that cheat code and I nail it. And it's just like, yeah. then it's there. And then it's like, okay, then I'll hit that a few more times and I might try and <laughs> try, try and do 35, but we'll, we'll, we'll see on that. But again, it, it's little things like that. When you're peaking, it's, it's understanding and having complete faith that the volume block that you've done, the technical work that you've done, everything's getting you ready to put that weight on the bar to attempt it. You've done the pulls at 105%. So you've been pulling weight or you've been doing deadlifts at 15 or 115, 120% working on positional strength to get you ready for that moment. Um, yeah. But I think people sometimes get lost in the, the, the bullshit of it is as well. So it's like tr- trying to stay on top of that is, is, is a massive thing from my perspective. Just yeah. have absolute faith. Like you can, you people, we, we could reel off, 10 of our lifters right now that are capable of lifting 10 to 15 kilos more if they just had that 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 chance to push it a little bit harder and have that absolute faith oh yeah so i think the the quicker you can get to that realization moment that you know that you're not going to fundamentally change your positioning as long as you don't change anything you're fine 
if yeah. you suddenly do a fucking Clark or a oh. an, old, an Ian style snatch out of nowhere where you loop the fuck out of it, it's going to go horrifically wrong. Uh, but, that, that's the one that breaks your heart when like it all goes well. They go uh, well up to like let's say if their snatch is a hundred, they go well up to ninety five. They put one hundred two on, and then just you just see them do something you've never ever seen in your life before. Ewan, Ewan done it when he was when he was trying to push for that one ten. It was like. Everything up to like ninety was like fuck. He's, he's we're both looking to him. He's ready. He's ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you were like, oh, it's done. It's gone. It's already done. It's like, he put a hundred on and he went a hundred and two, and he just went. Oh, like I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> go back down. Let's go back up again. And then he ended up on like one ten and an attempt at one fifteen. But it's um, it's just one of those things. Just have faith. Just don't change the fucking picture. Just do everything the same, and you're going to get get exactly what you want out of it at the end of the day. So, but yeah. Get like to, to I don't know if like, you want to touch any more bits, but from my perspective, I, I find for me peaking is something that I get better with with my athletes. The longer I work with them, the more I understand about how they respond. Mm. Playing around with two or three, the advantage of having early door stages like the competition, like lower, you can try different methods and different like girls can react differently massively to how boys react. Um, oh then, yeah, I think like, for that one, obviously weightlifting house, obviously we're massive fans of them. But um, I think they did that podcast with Sergey Putsov, the Ukrainian guy. And he's done a whole study on like the differences and even stuff where he was simply saying like, you know, um, girls on average, like when he's said the tendency tends to be, they're going to be more like technically focused. They're always going to want to be moving really well. So maybe in like the end stage of peaking, you're like, okay, so you know that you need to stick to what they feel strong at and what they like and use that. So if they want to be technically focused, it doesn't matter so much. If you want them to open on a like kilo snatch and you would ideally like them to hit 90 a few times the prep, but actually they just move 85 to 88 really well because that's like where their number is. Then yeah. they go 90 and then they smoke it because they're confident. And then with guys, it's like, he's like, they just care about the weight. They just care about the numbers of getting heavy enough to feel that stimulus. So it's like, well, then you kind of know, provided it's not difficult. Like, cause you know, there's those lifts where you look at them and you think that wasn't difficult. It was just sloppy. You yeah. can afford for those later on in the peaks. It's like, you're going to move. How are you going to move now? So off you go chap. And you just let them go as heavy as they need to without it looking too difficult. Then just off of that, you can already think, okay, cool. I already know there's going to be a difference in how I pit, I plan for this and this person because yeah, just, one of them is technically focused. One of them is, give me, the, the, let me feel the weight. I need to feel it, but that, I don't care how hard it is. It's like Les, that's Leslie. Like Leslie, like every time I've had a conversation with her, like how she likes to train and everything like that, it was like, I need to feel these weights. I need, I need no, that. Le need Leslie that. Is, Leslie's not a person. She's from the Dragon Ball Z universe. She <laughs> she's like, she's one of the, she's both the easiest and hardest person to coach, mainly because. She's easy because it's like, if I tell her to do something and I tell her, we're going to do this, she'll be like, why is that? I'll tell her, she'll be like, all right, cool, trust you. Know the reasoning, which I think is also because she's a coach as well. But then she recovers so quickly from things and she can work at such a high percentage. It's like, there is, there's so much stuff that we can do that no one else is going to be allowed to do. So it's yeah. uncharted territory, which obviously makes it very difficult. It also makes it very fun because obviously yeah, there's something where it's like, you get them as heavy and as hard and as like, challenge them as much as you can at certain positions. Then it's like, okay, well, cool. Well, that's kind of it for now for that we're gonna have to drop back down whereas like i've personally seen leslie do like a death block of volume where we're doing like eight by five on back squat you know trip but heavy triples on front squat we'll be doing like heavy pulls block work pull like pull plus snatch complexes and she'll be like yeah i feel like i'm in the absolute bin i'll be like right have a lower volume week and then i'll be like just go up to do rpe so only rpe eight so you can go quite heavy but only for a single don't do any volume then she pbs through the whole week and it's like you've not recovered from anything you've literally it's the first day so it's like it's that whole thing of again learning what do people actually need to pee? Because for her, you'd think, oh, well, we'll do the classic version of we'll do a four-week taper, whereas actually it's like two, two, one, yeah. one week <laughs> to get ready. Yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the beauty of what we'll be talking about to give such a, a varied 
style of peaking is like you've got people like that who are just in in somewhat of the way that in a way like a genetic freak just mm. to some she, she, she just functions at a different level than the rest of us yeah well, you even, see even looking at it man like just looking at my own stuff like i think um i was trying to figure out what's the peaking method i've used and the comp where i hit my biggest total i did a pause back to what pb two days before and hit my yeah. openers so it's like you're looking at the whole thing and being like yeah you do have to look at like what's going to be the what like what 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 do you have to change for? because obviously the overall the overall principle is going to be the same you need to reduce fatigue so they're ready and it needs to be specific so they're ready but it's like within that there's a lot of room to mess around because it yeah. it's not specific in terms it's of a, numbers it's a massive gray area it's like for me i can i can squat quite heavy all the time in mm. relation to my lifts because of the 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 weird imbalance i have in strength yeah so you're going to have lifters like that then you're going to have lifters that so efficient with their squatting and their lifting that they they need that recovery you look you look at marcus he's probably a prime example of that where he probably would need to be tapered a little bit differently because of the nature of him pushing to a maximal yeah. his max like, oh yeah so the way the way i look at it with marcus as, as a lifter is like he's like us in one context with snatching where he can he can snatch a quite heavy weight and recover quite quickly mm. but that clean yeah, because of the deficit between his clean and his front squat every time he's doing a, a heavy clean he's like a, near enough a 90% front squat. Yeah. So that in itself has a domino effect. And it's like, and he knows, it. we're not picking on him when he said, when we say this, but it's like, it's something that he's working on, but it's also going to have a detrimental effect to him peaking. And you may have to, if you've got a lifter like that, they may need to taper out perhaps a little less on cleans mm. heading into one because it's, it's such a maximal effort. I mean, like Farrah was the same prime example as well. She, at the beginning, she, we very quickly noticed there was a, her clean and her front squat were very, very close. So I said, right, we're not doing any lifts for the next six weeks. We are just front squatting and getting your squat up. And it got to the point where then after that, she became an animal and just could just destroy stuff and hit cleans of like, I think she block cleaned like 90 kilos out of just fucking nowhere because all of a sudden that, that we, we'd fix that. So it's like, again, it's, it's so individual. I think it's one of these, it's one of these things. I think if anyone says they can write the book on it, they're lying. They yeah. can advise you. They can go this, 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 this will work. But there's yeah. other factors as well. And then, like, not to drag this out any further, is lifestyle, diet, sleep. Stuff yeah, like I, I very much enjoy what Max Hater said. He's like, I'm basically just a professional advisor. I'm going to tell you what kind of things I think you should do. But at the end yeah. of the day, you could just be like, well, fuck you, right? I'm just going to, I'm not going to listen to that. So yeah. it's just that. Yeah, exactly. That whole thing, isn't it? It is. And it's, it's one of these things is like, when you, when you ask, like, like we brought up earlier on, it was like, I done everything right. Leading this company, it all went wrong. Well, were you? Were you sleeping eight hours? Uh, were you mm. doing? This? Were you eating? Were you eating enough? Were you sleeping enough? What other stresses have you got? All these little other things like that can can affect the peak massively. Have you got a newborn child next door, or have you just had a kid? Is your wife? Do you think your wife is cheating on you with your best mate? All these other little. No, like, I know they're extremes and they're laughable, but it's one of those things. It's like you can have these things, and they can fuck up a peaking cycle in a minute. Just from a, mm. even the stress from a job, you, you look, and I, we brought her up, and I can, I mean, I doff my cap to her because she's a fucking star. But Leslie's a physiotherapist in the NHS dealing with COVID, and all the way through this, she's been training her fucking ass off, and did so well in the the, the, the Scottish Open at the end of the year last year, and she's putting us in this as well as being in the NHS right now. Mm. Like, and like, you, you have to sit there and go like, I can't moan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. It's like, if my training's going bad, it's because I'm not doing something fucking right. That girl is like, she's got every excuse to go fuck it right now. 
every valid excuse to go, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done for the next six months, but she's not. So it's like, again, it's like little things like that. Other factors like that, that you have to take in consideration for her and other bits like that is like, can make or break a peaking cycle. So it's, it's, it's yeah. a hard one. But like I say, like for me, again, like it's, it's individual to the coach and the lifter. You might find some coaches are very stuck in their ways and it is this way and this is this is the way <laughs> not to use yeah. one of our phrases that makes, but this is it and this is the only way you have to be a little bit more open to to, to, to those sort of things in my, in my opinion but yeah there's many ways to do it and you you will learn which ones are the more applicable for your lifter and for yourself or if you're just going to be lazy like me and just just go heavy all the time <laughs> whatever it's got to be whatever works at the end of the day oh whatever it, it, works. It, and it and it's it's something that you'll learn and it's the, the, that relationship you build up with understanding your body and understanding how your programming goes, you'll figure it out. Mm. But usually always follow the structure of volume, strength, technique blocks into a peaking cycle that works. Mm. It gets the best out of you. I don't think it can be just constantly like pushing things to their absolute maximum. Yeah, oh, definitely not. You will break. Yeah, it has to be like building the tolerance pushing it until like you start to see some stuff crack a little bit and then going back and fixing it, pushing it again and just going around in that cycle pretty much forever. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's, that's, that's the bigger problem. It's like you end up really stunning yourself by doing that as well. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you, you've got, you've got to understand the bigger picture. You've got to understand mm. that you have to back off, it's especially like, and, and I've fallen victim to this myself where I've done so well. And yeah. I almost like, but I need to keep going. It's like, yeah. no, just take a week of like powers or just, just squat for the next week. Yeah. Give yourself that recovery. And like you say, like some people need that. If you, I genuinely think when you get to the, when you've been in a sport, as long as you and me have, when you go to competition, it is like, regardless of how the competition ends nine times out of 10, when I get up the next day, I may have only lifted five kilos more on each lift than I would normally do. I feel like mm. I've been run over. Oh, and I need I, that. Yeah. The better you've done, the stronger your peak is, the worse you feel. Oh yeah, as well. Like it's also that fine edge when you when you are. I think when you're playing around with those weights and your friend, you are literally on a knife's edge. Like you are on a, a very, very, very thin layer of ice where you could quite easily hurt yourself or overtrain or do something, and then you do pay the price for it. But it's understanding that and then going right. Okay, now, like I think Marcus did, didn't he? Like after he did his virtual, he took like a week off or something, didn't he? So it's like understanding yeah. that and like backing off for even if it is like like i say just do squats 80 percent squats just keep the movement happening move an empty barbell if you feel like you yeah. need to do something move an empty bar but yeah, apart exactly. from that, having, having a week off and you're going to go go well not that you could reason <laughs> like go, go go cycle go swim go do something different and then jump back into the, the game again but it's um exactly yeah it's, it's just having that trust and that understanding as well so trust the process it is the way exactly What's going on, guys? Thank you very much for listening to the Ronin Strength Podcast. If you want to find out any more about us and what we do, then give us a follow at Ronin underscore strength underscore UK on Instagram and roninstrength.co.uk on the web so that you can find out about our programming and read any more of our content.